Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Saints Radio. We're here in uh, the Arctic North Pole, known as Dallas, Texas. I think when I arrived here this morning, it was 32 degrees, which would have been a, a walk in the springtime when I was growing up, but now it feels pretty frigid. Yeah, it was 30 when I woke up. Really? Yeah, it was forecast to be like 28, but it don't, I don't think it got below 30. Wow. And I got a text from Annette this, this morning saying, thanks a lot for sending the cold weather to us. And I said, so how hot, how cold is it there? And she said something like 46, and I was like, oh, that's like summer. Wow. <laughs> but I guess not for them. So what happened? Did they have to go out and cover their lemon trees? And They had to put socks on. On their lemon trees? Oh, no. they had to wear socks. Yeah. I got it. Vicky probably had to take off her flip-flops and put on some some of those socks with the little toes in them. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you just wear two pairs of two pairs of flip-flops. I don't think what do you that think? works. No. So I think three-dog night. It's so cold out there. It's a three-flip-flop day. Yeah, it's crazy, though, because, I mean, just on Sunday I was thinking – it's it's almost December and we really it doesn't really feel like we've had any winter. We've had a beautiful fall. I mean, it's just been really the temperatures have been really nice, but no hard winter until today. Yeah. So. I was I was reading the uh, Pittsburgh newspaper today and they said that they'd gotten four inches of snow overnight and. They were going to have wind chills in the low 20s today, and I thought, you know, I miss that, but for about two minutes. <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks ago when the girls were here from Santa Barbara, Amber is from Chicago, and I was just talking to her about her childhood and growing up there in Chicago, and and we were talking about how for days on end it would be below zero yeah. like 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 um like almost like dangerous temperatures if you're outside mm -hmm. and i just don't know how people can survive <laughs> that kind of cold well in the wind chill you tack on to that oh yeah it's just penetrating well that's just it you see like clips from the news of people walking in the in the cold of chicago and and the wind is blowing and it's yeah but olivia zafus just texted and said that they're they're having some freezing snow or freezing temperatures and some some snow there in geneva so we miss you, Olivia. We miss Switzerland. Amen. As well as the many other beautiful places there in Europe. You know, when I first came here, <clears throat> there was a couple that moved here from Minnesota. You have to say that right. You have to say Minnesota. Or Minnesota. Is that how they say Minnesota. It? Minnesota. But anyway, the the the, the wife was a very thin, very petite girl. And she would talk about when she was a little girl, her mom would bundle her all up with clothes and she'd have to walk out to catch the bus. But the Chinook winds would be so strong that they would blow her over into the snow. 
I laughed. It was just so funny, but I thought, Minnesota, good Lord, it is cold up there. And then the wind and the snow. Ay, Chihuahua. I can't can't imagine it. Send your kid out to school. (laughs) See him him head first into a snowbank because the wind just blew him into there. I said, well, what did you have to do? Put rocks in your pockets or what? You know, and he said, well, when they had wind warnings, my father would have to drive me to school because I couldn't go out and catch the bus. I can't even imagine that. Ah, oh. but anyway, snow talk. It'll probably be 80 degrees here on Saturday. Who knows? But um, we're up here in the studio. Got a little radiator heat going. We got our sweaters on and have some hot tea and my Yeti. What do you have in there? You have some kind of coffee brew? I have coffee. I have Roma Nespresso with um, a little shot of half and half. Two pods. And a scoop of collagen protein. Wow. (laughs) Have you tried any of that new Starbucks creamer? That's soy and oat milk. I don't use creamer. You just use the real stuff, half and half, a I little use shot. I use the lac, 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 is it lactose free? Oh yeah. Organic, half and half. I I've tried that other stuff, and but I'm just kind of a purist. I think I I like the pure. <laughs> well, I haven't tried it either. They just are. Now, what I do love is oat milk. If you've never had an oat milk latte. It's so good. It's so good. But Starbucks doesn't have oat milk yet, and I don't know why that is. Every other coffee shop in Dallas has oat milk, but Starbucks is always always seems to be the la- the the last one to get with the program with with different kinds of things like that. So, come on Starbucks. <laughs> oat milk latte. Yeah, an oat milk latte and it's it's literally milk made out of oats. How do they so how do they the, milk those oats? How, I, how do they do that? I don't know how they process that. I and I don't even want to think about the processing. <laughs> but if you think about it, I mean, there's so many. Like a lot of people, like the trend now is to do those. Um, what are they called? The oats that you make in a in the mason jar, and then you put them in the refrigerator, and they they I guess process overnight, and then you eat them in the morning. Oh yeah, that's that's overnight kind of, oats. <laughs> but I mean, even like in in smoothies, and if you're battling with cholesterol or anything like that, they tell you to put oats in to eat oats to eat. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. Um, I, um, I GNC sent me a pack of those overnight oats. Oh, have you tried it? No, I haven't tried it. Uh, it's still sitting there. Oh, you should, and you could put like a scoop of protein in there to give it to give you a little boost. And yeah, that's that's the latest. What an interesting beginning of a yes. And radio I, I wanted to just tell you all, we've transitioned Saints Radio. We're now a Saints QVC program. <laughs> the nutrition and the we're uh, weather and nutrition. We're, I'm sure we would not have problems getting enough people to fill slots throughout the day, throughout our network. We could have essential oil talk. We could have uh, organic talk. We could have smoothie talk. I tell you what, though. It's coffee a nice, talk. It's a nice break from politics. <laughs> it is. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, 
it's it is a nice <laughs> nice break. Yesterday, somebody somehow it popped up on my my feed. There's a rapper. He's a Christian rapper that loves President Trump. I don't know his name. I, I've got him on my Spotify because I, of course, I pulled him up and I listened to his latest song called "It Ain't Over Yet," and it's it's about where we are right now. And I'm not going to take us down the road of politics. But, I'm a few bars of it. <laughs> well, I can't, but um, but so I went through his Spotify library and. Just, I mean, literally, I listened to like five of the songs yesterday, and I sent a few of them to my dad because my dad is still holding on to hope. Um, I'm not going to even elaborate on that one, but I um, said <laughs> so here's some some easy listening for you when you sit out by the fire pit on your patio tonight and have your glass of wine. <laughs> you can listen to this rapper. Yeah, but anyway, I bet Donald Trump appreciates that. Oh, yeah. Because didn't that... that, that the the guy Lecrae, Le, is that his name, Lecrae? What's he do? He's also a rapper. He's also an African American oh, rapper who sidled up next to Trump and got all kinds of just flack from, of course, the entertainment community. I think it's him. Maybe I've I've got the wrong person, so forgive me if I'm wrong. And none of this really even matters to anything. So I don't. We can don't, segue now. I don't know. I don't know any of these names i'm just an old fogey well i didn't know anything about this guy but it was actually rather entertaining wow because i like i don't i'm not a i'm not a i'm not a big rap person unless zach sparrow raps and then it's fun zach rap yeah the zach rap but and i like the josh garrell's rap like he's got a couple of songs that just whenever i hear them just the lyrics just because it's a kingdom you know it's about kingdom and it's about the battle between good and evil and Light and darkness, and when I hear it, it 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 has a certain anointing to it, um, but otherwise. So anyway, now we can talk about the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to December. It's December first. Hard to imagine. Kind of snuck up on me. Um, the month of what well, we have designated. It's the month of the prophet, and um, I am very grateful to the Lord for ushering us through this year, and um, it's been a different year, but it's been a year of blessing in a lot of ways. So... um, we look forward to being able to pray with everybody on this coming Saturday. And um, I, I'm, I'm just so, I'm so blessed by the way that um, God has been using this first Saturday across the world. I know that, I remember when the Lord first spoke to us about doing this. And it wasn't from a standpoint of organizational structure. It wasn't esprit de corps or any of that. I mean, it was, God said, I want this. And so I know that there's something very fulfilling 
in the heart of God concerning our all, all of us gathering together in um, many different places. And it, it's, it's been so funny over the years, and you could speak more clearly, it's not that we need to go down this trail, about how the, the first Saturday confused a lot of people at first, and there were many who just abjectly refused to be a part of it. And I never understood that either. I mean, it's not like we were asking to do a jogathon for Jesus or something. He said, hey, let's just all pray on a first Saturday at, at roughly the same time. And um, But as the years have gone by, it's just kind of settled in. And uh, I know we're so grateful for the way many of you in, in the network are just contributors to hear what the Lord is saying. One of the angsts that we've had here is that so many of our own congregation here in Dallas don't contribute insights, but be that as it may, God said to pray. We wanted the insights. So, because you're supposed to interpret when you pray. It seems I read that somewhere. Um, But we thank you for continuing to go before the throne. It's not for us. It it was always, from the initiation of this, something that we felt God wanted. And yes, it is for us in that respect, because anything he wants is utilizing capacities within us that he created for his pleasure, and subsequently then for our pleasure. So... I think that of all the of all the different ministries and the diversity of prayer that we've had over the course of the years, you know, some have lasted, some have kind of faded away and been replaced with other pursuits, um, always in the purpose of the Lord, but. One of the things about First Saturday, and this it's been this way for me since the beginning, since the first Saturday that we prayed, the first First Saturday. Um, I just always, I always viewed it and felt or sensed the gravity of the the command from the Father, from the throne of from the throne of the Lord that He was directing us to this appointment, and and there wasn't a lot of I mean, there, to me, there was no excuse um, not to honor that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't mean to sound harsh. I just mean obedience is greater than sacrifice. Obedience is so important to the Lord. And I've, I've always viewed it and, and approached it from in a heart of obedience and, and f- at f- from a heart of the people in obedience before the Lord. And... Um, and I still feel every measure of, of gravity of weightiness on the, the assignment every single month. But the crazy thing about it is that I marvel at how fast these months are going by. <laughs> it's honestly, it's like we just get one month processed and it's like I blink my eyes and it's time for the next first Saturday. And in a lot of ways, that's kind of an awakening every single month. But I... I was just in prayer before this broadcast, and the Lord was speaking to me about Kairos and Kronos, and 
And as we as we go into this year of the prophet, and I know you always, you know, you generally associate timing with wisdom. Um, you know, gleaning timing, but I feel like there's there's uh, there's going to be a significant overlap in this year of wisdom into the year of the prophet, where his Chronos and his Kairos are going to be very um, prolific. I think the seasons, these Cairo seasons that even since the beginning of this year and the the end of last year, to me they were very distinct Cairo seasons that we've come through. And I think that's going to even become more intense and more um, prolific for us in our gleaning and our insights. And, and really, and it all falls into the big Kronos picture of God's purpose. But I think that if, you know, if you struggle with interpretation or if you struggle with any kind of prophetic gleaning insight, I really believe that there's going to be a grace on us this year to, to really glean the, the, the dynamics of his Kairos and Kronos. And, and I don't know what all that means. Because literally, I mean, he, I was just, he was just put it, impressing that upon my spirit this morning during prayer. And, um, and, I, and I think that when we pursue him in fivefold or whatever, as we go forward in this coming year, we need to have specific times where we pray specifically in partnership with the Kairos season, with the Kairos moment that we're in. And then if we look at it, say, at the end of next year, I think we're going to have something very clear that's laid out. And I, like I said, I don't know what all this means, but I'm just pretty much regurgitating what I was sensing during prayer. So. Well, that's powerful. I mean, does it just not – I mean, there's so many things that are just almost like crispy clear, crispy clear. <laughs> just clear so much more clear even though there's so much noise and chaos but just in the establishment of his kingdom and 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 I just think that he created us and has really anointed us to to know the times and seasons yeah and to partner in that and to really speak into that and minister into that so that's well while you were saying that uh, a couple of things you said really directed my thinking to 1 Corinthians 13, the, the famous agape chapter. And, um, you know, we, we've all know, we've read this over and over again. And, um, but, but, but it says in verse 8, agape will never fail. In other words, and the word for fail is to either have something taken out of your pathway or that you would be removed or diverted from the pathway. That's what fails means. It has to do with a pathway and either you not being on it anymore or you choosing not to be on it. And um, so that says that our breathing hard after God to do his will is it's, it's always going to be a part of our pathway. But then it goes on to say, whether there be prophecies, they will fail. And that's that's really a weird, that's a weird word because it's katargeo 
and it it means to be rendered powerless or to be free from something and you know you can look at that in both ways i mean because prophecy is supposed if it's coming from the martyria the the person who's giving it is supposed to be dead anyway so there is a powerlessness in that seed of release but on a bigger scale one prophecy leads the way to a next prophecy and then tongues when it says whether there be tongues they cease and this is paul and it if you look at it it means um it it has a lot of connotation you know some people have in the in the in the baptist tradition have said see we don't speak in tongues anymore because it says that's going to teach that's going to that's going to fail and that that's not what it's saying it it's meaning that um they're they're going to be directed restrained to desist to um even to refrain where it's it's a progressive thing where it fuels off of one another and certainly we as we as diversities of tongues people which is scriptural we know that every one of our tongues progressions they come to a point where they have fulfilled what god has wanted and arguably we're going to receive a fresh genolalia and we're going to move off in a new one it's very rare well some people just keep going back to it's like their familiar tongue whether it's diverse or whatever becomes the chorus of their verse and you can still hear that but the first two of these prophecies and tongues say that you know you're not going to get stuck in a rut you're going to keep changing and then even knowledge to vanish away that that's a weird thing because how would that be i mean the same people that say unknown tongues see it's not for today anymore they don't ever say that about knowledge <laughs> they don't ever say that and it's um it's it's an interesting word because um it's the same word as prophecies you're you're going to build off of uh, with katarjeo you're going to keep you're going to receive that foundational thing you're going to build on it you're going to keep going upward you don't just dwell in the same knowledge um and and you know it says we know in part we prophesy in part this is that's meros um and that means that we get pieces we get proportions so i guess what i'm saying is that we're going to keep following the agape of the lord what he's directing us to do but whether it's our progression of tongues whether it's going to be prophetic directives whether it's going to be what we've learned that's going to keep adjusting and it's going to keep like you know like a building process making way for the next so i guess what i'm saying is that our first saturday directive is all about agape it's something that the father wants and our directives change uh over the months and over the years because we try to hear from what god, from god with what he wants 
But if one thing, if we've learned one thing over this weird year, this transitory year, where it seems that just about everything that we had planned was laid aside, every point of obedience that we had agreed to on behalf of the Lord, we watched them one by one be, um, I don't want to say prohibited, but adjusted. Those prophecies, those progressions of tongues, those measures of knowledge, they were all restrained and brought into a new thing. But the agape pathway was never removed. And even even the things that we've experienced, to me, and I didn't really see that until just these past few minutes, some things you said directed to this. This is what Paul says about agape. And he, he uses knowledge, which we as pneumaticos people value. He uses prophecy, which we as pneumaticos people value. And tongues, he uses all of those to say, you know, you're going to be being adjusted in that. But the pursuit of the agape of the Lord never will. You know, and he begins that chapter by saying that we speak with the tongues of men and angels. Uh, and so he's really saying we do that. But we must have the agape, and then and it goes down the pathway. We've had some people in our network who have abandoned all the other things because they said, "Well, I'm going to give my body. I'm going to give all my goods to feed the poor. I'm going to, I'm going to give my body. I'm what I am and what I do." Uh, and Paul says that if you're not doing that in true conjunction with the agape of the Lord, and you might say it is. But the agape of the Lord doesn't change. He doesn't say, well, you know, you've been this. I've told you this is what I created you to do. But now I'm just doing away with all that. You start doing these things. It's such a tricky thing when you deal with the agape of God. It will never fail. It will never not be part of our pathway. But all these other things are going to be continually adjusted and we've certainly lived that and continue to do so in this odd transition year, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. So I, I think that some of the directives that God has given for this prayer time on Saturday and um, even what he put on my heart to share from the pulpit recently it's been reflection in giving thanks to the Lord for his blessings, giving thanks to the Lord for his covenant, giving thanks to the Father at this table of commune for all of the ways that he has um, spoken to us concerning our identity and concerning our willingness to sacrifice the things that are most dear to us. Um, to me, that's prophecy, tongues, and... Um, knowledge ceasing being adjusted and it isn't that what we said prophecy life and supply i mean all of those things seem to <laughs> in the martyria be laid on the altar and adjusted 
by the litmus or the, or the plumb line of agape. It's not that any of those go away. God just adjusts them and redirects, but always toward the agape. Um, I think too I think this year in so many ways you talk about the agape and it you know it truly is like the pure demonstration of passion for his purpose that 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 really we 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 we're able to breathe hard after because of who he is in us it's not anything that we can manifest on our own. It's it's His Spirit within us, and and I think that this year has been so much about us being willing to lay those things down, to bring it back to. Yeah, what we do is important, and what we do is the fruit of that that seed that has died. And so it, it just comes down to the agape. It just comes down to really the foundational purpose of who we are, our identity. And, and, and it's just like he's just peeled back all the layers of, you know, what were you really pursuing? Were you pursuing the works? Now, the works are important because without, you know, it, it goes hand in hand with our faith. But I think that just the the refining of that devotion to his agape no matter what it looks like no matter how it manifests no matter what is required of us and the the breakthrough in the in the bringing forth the fruit that we are solid and and immovable in that place of foundational purpose and it you know in a lot of ways it hasn't felt very good because you feel like things are being taken from you or you're being robbed of opportunities and things that we have a lot of passion for, which is teaching the word and, and spread, you know, and calling sons into the kingdom. And there's been a lot of blessing and privilege to that. And, and, and the Lord, you know, it's just really, I miss all of it, but I also, covet to prophesy I covet more than anything that agape and and who we are and it's yeah. you know it's kind of exciting to think about a new year and just new ways that God's going to be doing things but in a lot of ways it's been you know it's 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 like I don't know. There's so many things that we could talk about here, but oh, I know because it's a whirlwind of of activity in God's spirit, and it, it's causing us to have to press into. And we 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 started, you know, pretty early on in the season talking about the anointing and the pressing and the and because what what can easily happen in ministry is you get used to doing things a certain way and it becomes pretty effortless. Yeah, you know the message you. And so what I have found is just that pressing into the anointing and into just surrendering to that place of pressing so that new wine can come forth, so that new, just 
fresh oil can come out, and it's not just doing the thing, you know, things the way that we've always done, even though it's been effective and it would continue to be effective. But we always want the new wine, you know, we want the the fresh oil, and it's just been really a just a wonderful, wonderful, uh, almost painful. <laughs> yeah, it's strange, you know, and I I was thinking over these past couple of days about that business of Abram, Abraham and Isaac. And in some way, in a lot of ways, that's been what we've all been having to do. But I I didn't think of it till this morning during the prayer time that it's really what God is doing. Because he's over this year, he's had us as his son building the altar. Mm-hmm. You know, Isaac means laughter. Mm-hmm. And and we have initially, <laughs> it was confusing. I'm sure Isaac was confused as he was going up that hill. Oh. But um, the... Uh, We've been building the altar where we've laid ourselves on. And um, I have a feeling that at some point there's going to be on that mountain of of righteous vision. There's going to be something in in the the thicket that God's going to provide that's going to be amazing. But... You know, it's interesting because I think about just this last season and how many times, not that you repeat a prophecy, but how many times I've been counseling, particularly the younger the younger generation, and their struggles through this season, and 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 how many times I've had to give that word that God wants you to lay that on the altar, period. I mean, hard things like life giving. Fruit, fruit for them. And and like I said, I mean, it's mostly been like the younger generation for them to understand that process that you've got to lay it on the altar. You've got and and it's the last thing they want to hear. Yeah. But but I love that because the Lord is taking them down that pathway of teaching them what that means, because it's going to be so crucial for them in the days ahead. Yeah, it, you know, that's true. Mm-hmm. And that principle, how many times have we taught on when Israel went into the land and they crossed the Jordan, there's a miracle. Everybody's in line, you know. They get the big stones and put them out in the middle of the, of the Jordan and God says, okay, go to Gilgal, go to Galal. And you you render yourself helpless and you adopt the covenant of circumcision and um it's gonna it's gonna basically suspend your activities for weeks you're gonna be vulnerable there and um that galal principle the the place that's most sensitive the place of your creativity that doesn't make any sense that there you are on the verge of the promise you're in the promise and then you're stopped with that it makes no sense at all and then you think about Golgotha, which is the same word, Galal. And here is the Son of God 
in that place where he he had done everything. He had fulfilled the Father's will. The cross was there, and he becomes vulnerable. And and so as we're getting ready to, to establish the cross in new ways, we're stopped. Mm-hmm. And our sensitivities as being, you know, circumcision of the heart. Will you be stiff-necked or will you do this? Mm-hmm. It's It's over and over and over again. And that's where we are. But it's the agape that drives that. It's the gift that never fails. Uh, it's the greatest gift. Do you have something there? Well, just along the lines of this discussion, I, I know that I have felt just when, you know, when we speak of the season, we're speaking of everybody knows what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, from seminar on and even before that, we entered into this really unique season. And I don't know if God's given you any insight as to when there's going to be a breakthrough. <laughs> to, but, I, but I know that the Lord just really, I think for the, we know that we're welcoming the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that. We know, how many times have we said, you know, the time of the end is soon and we're ending into the, you know, we're entering into the end Soon times. is not a time. And er- <laughs> when? when? Soon. soon. Every, I just told that story just a couple days ago. It's so funny. On Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but nobody knows. The son doesn't even know. I mean, only the father knows. But we we can sense it in our spirit that we are preparing the way. We are, we are opening up the welcoming of the son of God. And to me, that is just, oh, Lord, just please let me be ready. <laughs> When he comes in, but I think of I, the Lord just reminded me of this passage out of Isaiah nine, where it says, "For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire." And I remember you teaching about this, about how this literally is us laying our garments down, everything down in that place. Yeah, the old, the old garments. Oh, everything, and that's where we are. And then verse six. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. We know that. That is truth. That is truth. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forever and ever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform this. So I just see that's where we are. Zeal. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's a that's an Old Testament agape, isn't it? Yep. In some ways. It's uh, my vision. Quina, Kina. Jealousy or envy. To be zealous, envious. What passage is that for, for As- everybody? Isaiah 9. Um, 7. Well, we began with verse 5 and we went through, um, yeah, through... Because that's uh, seven. That's uh, that's a an extrapolation of the jealousy, the jealousy yeah. of the Lord. So you know we're entering so into the Christmas agape. season, yeah. And I know you spoke about, you know, you've spoken a couple of times about it's a busy season, and we go into this season knowing it's going to be a busy season, and and <laughs> don't forsake. 
the prolific nature of where we are right now. We cannot afford to forfeit a month. We can't. I mean, we we just can't. And so... Because as things are so rapidly adjusting oh. in the throne and... It's it's an amazing thing, and I, I, and you know, I see so many of the tactics of the enemy, like the way he came after the word, uh, the word of God over the past year and a half. And I, I got a, a video that um, one of our brothers from Brazil forwarded to me, and there was a guy that was a linguistic scholar of some sort, and he was... He was saying that, in essence, what he was saying is that you can't really trust the Scripture in the Old Testament because it all depends on, in that era, how it's translated. So you can't really trust it. And they were also saying that Isaiah was probably written by three different authors. And, And some of the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem were saying that basically Isaiah 53, where it's speaking about a virgin, that that was not really written by Isaiah. So again, the enemy's trying these tactics from many different standpoints to eliminate the validity of the word in our thinking. And, um, but that's just one of, the, one of the frameworks, hath God said. But I think more than anything, the thing that the enemy hates is the zeal of the Lord and the agape because that's the, the lifeblood of sonship. And um, so we have, to, we have to stay true to that. And this pathway is never going to end. Um, to me, knowledge, tongues, and prophecies are all there. It doesn't say in the original that they're going to be eliminated it means that they'll be transitory. They will be changing. And one juncture, this is a bad illustration, but like when we travel in Europe and um, we get on those trains. um, I would love to be on one of those trains right now. Well, but you know what it's like. (laughs) We come into a station and... I'm coming for you. <laughs> we got to unload those bags, get out on the platform. And then there's no there's no escalator. <laughs> well, yeah. But if you've got to change trains, it doesn't mean that your train travel ends. It means that that particular train you've been on has ceased. And now you've got to get on another train to go where you need to go. And that's kind of the idea of, you know, agape, that pathway is not ending. But whether you've prophetically been directed or whether you have a knowledge of where you need to go or whether you are moving in whatever idiot. This is your husband writing to me. That's what's flashing there. Well, tell him you're in the middle of a No, no, no. I I initiated it a while ago. okay. (laughs) Um, So um, I know it's ridiculous to have the flash come up. But the the thing is that... um, God didn't say that what we've learned, how we communicate in his mysteries, or how we adapt a prophetic lifestyle, that those were going away. It's just that they they become adjusted, and there's a reset. There's a, there's a, a renew. 
And, and I think th that is a really powerful spiritual principle because think about it. In the past couple of years, I don't want to go too far with this, some have questioned what God has told us, the, the foundational things. They've deconstructed them. Some have said, well, this pathway that you've committed yourself to is not really of the Lord, so we're not going to die to it anymore. We're going to die to something else. And some have even gone so far as to say, we're not going to speak in tongues anymore because the world doesn't really understand it. Well, it's not inclusive. It's not. And it intimidates some. we got to dumb that yeah, down. And, and Go every, back to the baba once a month. Everyone belongs. And so if it's, even though it's everyone's choice. But those three things have been hammered, haven't they? Mm -hmm. Our understandings that God has laid, our prophetic pursuit of who we are and how we hear from God and what we do in accordance, and our praying in, in, in tongues. But don't you think that's why one of the reasons why the Lord allowed this season to really bring us back to just the core of our foundational identity? True. And not let it just focus on what we do. Yeah, that's that's true. But who we are, so that that can be, not that it needs to be solidified, but you know, with every with every phase of that, with every new level of that, even though how do you have a new level to a foundational identity, but there's fresh revelation there. And and exactly. that revelation is life. It's life-giving and it's empowering. And it, it's talk about being at the table with him. I mean, it's receiving that fresh word of your identity and being empowered in that to go forward into the new season. And which is another reason why the table has been so prolific throughout this season. Yeah. We should write a book. We should write a book about 2020. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Well, we could have seriously, we could have different pastors or people like contribute a chapter of their perspective. Of course, it would all have to to come together in the editing process and be able to stream together. But I, I could probably nail out 10 chapters of different just spiritual principles that we've lived over the last 10 months. But yeah, not committing to that. I'm you know, I just didn't know whether you're volunteering to be the I'm editor really good of this. at speaking for the <laughs> I'm really good at speaking forth a creative new fresh seed of of ideas. <laughs> and then after I do I'm like, "Oh, wait." <laughs> well, I I think that's um, You know how many books are going to come out about 2020? I can't even imagine how many books will be written by various Christian authors yeah and, and it'll be all different over the map won't it different perspectives well yeah. you know an hour ago we had no clue that we would be talking about this we got 15 minutes left um but i do know that it's a it's a rhema uh for this for this moment and um we we truly want to thank you as saints who have been willing to hold the line of seeking hard after God in the agape and to be willing to catarjeo both the prophecies and the knowledge. It's kind of weird. I was just doing a real quick scan through six of the lexicons that are in this Bible program. Um, it 
with Argeo, Argos, which is from, you know, Greek mythology. Remember, remember that movie, Argos? But it, it, it means lazy. It means to be inactive. But it's the ship that, you know, you're on the ship and you're going to, to go in mythology to, to accomplish this. But it seems like you're just languishing on the water and you're, 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 you have to die to self to be led by the currents and by the gods to do these things. Man, have we been on that boat. This, this, is, this has been a weird year where we've been just waiting. And the ship of faith has, uh, not the ship of fools, fools for Christ's sake, the ship of faith has been guiding us in the wind. And so sometimes it feels like the doldrums and sometimes the currents seem to be kind of choppy and sometimes they just are non-existent. But, but prophecy and knowledge have endured that. That's the term the, the scriptures use. Knowing that we're being driven somewhere, but it seems like we're waiting. But then tongues is a different thing. It's, it's to be reset. And arguably, our whole progression in diversities of tongues should be being reset every time we pray. That that, those are the three that Paul uses. And um, I, I just want to thank our network for being willing to stay true to what God has shown readily among us and to follow prophetically, even though it doesn't make sense to us in the natural, and to be willing to lay that down, to lay down our understanding and to lay down our prophetic pursuit. That is so important. And to keep on praying in tongues and in diversities of tongues while the the current of his agape is leading us. That's pretty good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's a sermon. It's a sermon. But we speak in the tongues of men and of angels. But we, we're driven by the agape. Amen. You know, I was thinking about that angelic thing. How long have a lot of the angelic core been waiting? They, they wait for the manifestation of the sons because that's what God has ordained. Here are these powerful beings that God created to manifest his spirit and to do these incredible things. And they wait. And they earnestly desire to look into the basket from which God's going to draw the next point in his his mystery they're waiting too creation waits and groans for the for the sons to manifest and um so we're all in this kind of waiting right now in this unusual season but we don't discard tongues we don't discard knowledge we don't discard our prophetic act uh in our identity we just are waiting but the agape burns bright and it's it's for all of us I say this to me of course you never have to have this admonition but while you're waiting the agape can grow cold if if you let it 
Because you think, why seek hard after God? I'm not doing anything. I don't understand what he's doing right now. Why are we toting this, this wood up the hill? See, I, I got a totally different perspective of waiting on Sunday. And, and it, it, I mean, it, I know for 22 years we've been waiting for something. I've been waiting. But I don't look at it that way anymore. And, and maybe this is what the Lord was trying to show me this morning, just about the, you know, the different segments of time that we've lived through. That to me, every segment, every Cairo season that we've walked through has been so fulfilling in its own place, in its own purpose. And had we not endured those, the, all of those seasons along the timeline up until where we are today, we would not be who we are today. We would not know what we know today. We would not even come close. Yeah. And so to me, what are, you, what are we waiting for? We're waiting for the Lord to return. What are you waiting for? But, I mean, other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to be just proactive in my pursuit. Yeah. And well, yeah, and a lot of it. All of it is the journey and being linked together with God. So we say we're waiting, and we just talked about that, but we're really not. No. Because, you know, like if if you're doing something that you really love and you're passionate about, time goes by quick. And even though you're... You have a, a, a time frame before you do the next thing. You don't view that as waiting because you don't want that journey to end. Exactly. <clears throat> and even, I mean, when you were growing up, I, this is how it was for me. It's like I always love to have something to look forward to. Yeah. Like whether it be an event or a, a concert because I loved music and, and I, you know, a concert that I had tickets to, you know, or something like that. God, don't judge me. <laughs> but, um, but it's just not even that way anymore. I mean, it's like finding pleasure in the pursuit is a been, has become a lifestyle for us. And, and to know that every moment being present with him is a fulfilling moment. That, you know, other than the big things that are coming, like the return of the Lord, I, I just want to be present in this moment and, and be obedient and, and to pursue. Yeah. And, it, and and we've got to find fulfillment in that place. I mean, good Lord, how much have we talked about being in the valley, being in the wilderness, being in the dry place? In that place, gosh, he is closer there than any other place. And you've got to find pleasure and fulfillment in the pursuit of him or else you will become a person that is sick from hope deferred. Yeah. And he's, I mean, th- these are just things that he's taught us. So I'm preaching to the choir. But... I mean, I guess if we talk about waiting, maybe we need to define what are we waiting for? Are we waiting for the borders to open so we can go back and travel? Kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah. but are we also doing the labor here from this booth, from, you know, on Zoom and in different ways? Has he not given us opportunities and creative ways to get the message out there that, you know, perhaps is just as effective, even though we love the face-to-face, and I think we're both just really – waiting for that to open so that we can be with the saints in the other countries. But yeah. I don't know, Pastor. Well, you know, it, it's, it, that, that's good. Um, I, um, I think that when we come together this Saturday to pray, and even before then, we need to just draw near to the Lord and give him thanks and 
ask him for an infusion of the agape or offer from the depth of who we are the, what, what he requires in the agape. And, um, but don't, don't ignore the knowledge, the prophecy, and the tongues because those are essential. Um, Amen. So anyway, we're a little over three minutes left. This time has gone by. And just one last thing. Go for it. Well, I I know I certainly don't want to diminish the spiritual principle. I mean, waiting is throughout Scripture, so it is definitely a, a principle that we honor and that we endure. And just thinking back about the definitions of the word, you know, to to bind yourself, to to attach yourself, to you know, like as a cord. I can't remember specifically what it was, but. Um, and then the process, you know, the gording and the piercing and that kind of thing. And, and so just know that in the waiting, he's in it. He's in the waiting. And so um, I, I just wanted to, to make sure that I wasn't speaking against the waiting because it's all through Scripture. I'm no, just saying it's... find him in the process and surrender to that and then um, – and yeah, let it have its way. Good word. <laughs> well, we want to thank all of you for being such tremendous brothers and sisters and laborers together as saints. And um, thanks for joining us today. I, I, Pray for those beleaguered saints in Florida who are suffering such frigid temperatures right now. Uh, I'm, you know, it, it would be a sad thing if they actually have to wear a sweater and a toboggan when they go down to walk on the beach tonight. Oh, I promise you, Vicki has on a sweater. I can't blame her. <laughs> I can't blame her. Um, but anyway... Thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to, uh, however you do it, come before the Lord this coming Saturday for our first Saturday prayer time. It's so important, um, so important, and we'll look forward to being with you again tomorrow for Wednesday Night Live, and um, till then... May the good Lord bless you. Amen. Amen. Adios, amigos. Ciao, ciao.